0: Sure, the bigger events are the bomb, but is it the smaller events that we should be focusing on? Really? Can we? Coming up next in this episode of the gratitude journal podcast. This is the gratitude journal podcast. Oh my goodness. I'm totally and completely whipped. Wow. I mean, I don't like to complain, but uh, when you get old, things happen to you, and there's no rhyme or reason, and sometimes you just don't know how to fix them, and then you bear the brunt of their wicked ways. Uh, Didn't that sound philosophical and slightly irritating and depressing? (laughs) Uh, Especially for a Friday. Hey, it's Matthew here. Welcome back. Thanks for downloading yet another edition of the Gratitude Journal podcast, the little podcast that could, the little podcast that tries to find little glimmers of hope and light in an otherwise wacky, curious world, especially one dominated by a pandemic. Here's hoping that you are safe and uh, healthy. I sent a text out to a friend of ours asking her, you know, I know this is probably you know, not the best suggestion, but hey, if we just met somewhere outside, wore masks, social distance, would you all like maybe want to get together, maybe for a libation? As soon as I hit send, I thought, you know what, that probably wasn't a very good idea. And it wasn't too terribly long after that, I got a response that said, you know, that's not really a great idea right now. So not only did I feel bad, but I felt even worse by going to visit my parents last week. And we did that in a very short time space and we wore masks. You know, if memory serves me, we may have even worn double masks because we have like the blue, whatever you call those, the surgical masks. And then we each have like a Cleveland sports cloth mask that is actually doubled up. And the woman who made them locally preferred to do them that way. So while they're actually a little difficult to breathe in, I think they're good for pandemics, you know, but we just showed up and all of a sudden my father says to me last weekend, why are you wearing those masks? And I said, well, we don't want to get it sick. He said, well, why are you here then? And so it led me to believe that other members of my family have been showing up to visit them without masks. So that made me feel a little uncomfortable. And then I felt uncomfortable the whole day. I thought, you know, We shouldn't have done that. Just like that text I sent out. It's probably not a good idea. It's probably not something I should have done. Just hunker down and just get over it already. That's kind of what I felt. So hopefully now that a week has passed, hopefully there's not going to be any ill, 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 (laughs) you know, regarding my parents by our very, very short visit. And, you know, we even sat on the opposite side of the room, but I I just, I really felt bad the whole time that we were there. So anyway, I mentioned feeling badly physically because, you know, listen, when you're old, things happen. And one of the things that's been happening to me over really, I would say, the last 19 years, and I specifically say 19 years because this is 9-11. And interestingly enough, I had a doctor's appointment scheduled in the afternoon, on the afternoon of 9-11, while we were living in the D.C. area, and it was with a urologist, and I think I may have mentioned this before, that, you know, I had this issue where, you know, I was just, you you know, what happens to guys, you know, slow stream, they get up in the middle of the night, blah, 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 and it's just something that's been happening and I've been living with, but lately, it just seems like there isn't a night that goes by where I'm not waking up in the middle of the night. And I don't really mind so much waking up in the middle of the night. And then while I'm laying there, wiggling back and forth, trying to decide whether I really want to get up to go to the restroom, it's getting back to sleep. And that's been my issue lately. I haven't been able to get back to sleep. And my mind has been running in overtime with just a whole host of things. And last night or early this morning was no exception. It was about five o'clock. I thought, okay, Crap! I got to get up, so I got up, and then I got jumped back in bed, and just like I just could not go to sleep. My mind was just like ro- just just rolling along at like 110 miles an hour. And I looked at the clock. And look, it' it's 20 till six, and it was 6:10, then it was 6:30, and I'm like, okay, this is craziness. And I think I finally found, fell asleep like at maybe like ten till seven or something. And then my alarm went off at seven, and then I snoozed it a couple times. But I don't like to snooze it too much because it wakes up Donna. Because I always get up earlier than she does, and it's just one of those days where I just feel, Bleh. you know. So as soon as I get done with this podcast, if I have some space, I think I might just like take a twenty minute nap. You know, twenty minute power nap. It's just one of those things where listen, if you're not old, you got so much to look forward to. It's not even funny. And if you're a guy, forget it. Okay. But plumbing, ugh, you don't want to trade it in. I mean, find a Home Depot, trade in your plumbing now because it is just only going to get worse. I was thinking the other day while I was doing Zazen, and I wasn't supposed to be thinking, but I I think. And, you know, I've been beating myself up lately about the fact that I should not be thinking during Zazen. But, you know, this is proving to be an impossibility. And as I'm learning more and more from friends and from reading, you know, I shouldn't beat myself up so much about this because this is kind of what happens during this process. We think and we try to be in the moment. And sometimes in the moment you are thinking and and then at the same time you're trying to like shut those thoughts off and it's just really uh, hard to do that. But in the midst of one of my trains of thought, I started to think about big events and how big events seem to be the things that mark our passage through life. You know, the big events of births and certainly the big events of deaths have it seems like we've been experienced them so much in the last at least 2 years and just the other things you know new babies graduations uh new jobs uh somebody moving or someone moving back i mean these are you know enormous humongous events that mark our lives and and sometimes i kind of get the feeling that my big event days are running out, you know, like I'm not going to take really too many more jobs and I'm really not going to be doing too much more moving and I'm really not going to have any children. And I don't see myself getting married again. If the opportunity ever arose, I hope it doesn't. But it just seems like our lives are marked by big events because social media presents the big events to us and naturally when you're around the grandkids the nieces the nephews their big events get magnified because they're having more of these big events i mean we're waiting you know on christopher and kirsten's baby to arrive you know any day now and these are just some of the events that get marked but i was thinking during zazen where i shouldn't have been thinking Like, am I ever going to have like a big event? And and, like, should I manufacture a big event to make myself myself feel better about big events? Like, I should be looking forward to a big event. And, And then it reminded me, last summer when we went to Troy's wedding. Troy is a longtime buddy of mine. And and I do some work for him as a subcontractor. And we've intermingled on projects. And it just so happened that we were going to go in at the time when Mally was still alive and we were going to visit her. And it just seemed coincidental that Troy had his wedding. He was getting married. Big event, right? Big event. He was getting married again. And, uh, you know, his bride is lovely. And, and he said, "Hey, I'm sending you an invite to my wedding." And I said, "You know what? Coincidentally, rather than me just sending a card back saying, Boy, I wish I could be there, looks like we are going to be there." And so we went to this wedding. And so I had a lot of time, really to kind of sit back in this little hall and it really was it looked more like an art gallery that that they had sort of, you know, repurposed. And it was really quite brilliant, actually. But it was small. It wasn't a large, you know, 350-person gathering. But I was sort of amazed afterwards when I was thinking back on this event, how many little events were going on during this big event. For instance, the guy I sat next to was a guy I'd never met before. And he was a guy who worked with Troy when Troy worked in Arizona uh, or New Mexico, one of the Western states. And so as we were talking, I, I just felt... Like, I had known this person for a long time. You know what? You ever have one of those situations where you meet someone for the first time and you just automatically sort of click? And that's the way I felt. I felt like I was interested in what he was saying. We had some commonalities amongst our history. And I felt like when I spoke, he was listening and I didn't think, boy, I'm going to use this guy as future business or, you know, I hope that I can derive something out of this relationship. I wasn't thinking like that at all. And it was really quite nice because amongst this large event, the toasts, you know, the the marital kisses, you know, and the hugs and the dancing. I felt like I was having this sort of little moment with this person, and it was really quite nice. It was like almost like this little event that was occurring during this big event. The same as when I would meander over to get Donna something to drink or get myself something to drink. There was this person working behind the counter who just was a nice person. I could tell that this person was either doing this job as sort of a side job in addition to what he was already doing, but he it, it just seemed like he was a authentically friendly person and I found myself kind of looking forward to going up and getting another beverage, not only just because they had Schlafly's IPA there, but because he just seemed like a generally nice person. And again, there was like this little event that was kind of going on amongst this big event. And I recall during the evening, it was a particularly humid day in St. Louis and really maybe aside from like the day before Christmas and the day after Christmas it's always humid in St. Louis. I mean, think of the most humid place in the world and then like times it by 10 in the middle of the summer. That's St. Louis. I mean, it's just it just drains it out of you. But for whatever reason, even during this really humid day, it was a beautiful night downtown in St. Louis and just The way the sun was kind of bouncing on these sort of stoic brick buildings and there was great reflections in the glass. And granted, you know, a fellow photographer or videographer can kind of notice these things probably even better than me, but it just seemed like I was was hanging out in the corner you know having my schlafly ipa just kind of watching things unfold in front of me donna was engrossed in conversation with someone and it was just almost like a feeling of little event bliss kind of dissolved inside of me like everything was just sort of right with the world like at that time and just the way the sun was coming through the windows And just the taste of the beverage and just the overall joy of the large event lent itself to the smaller event. And I thought to myself, you know, I really need to be open to these smaller events. I do sometimes think that there is a stone in my shoe in regards to this thing I have about regret. And I guess I could probably spend more time in a future podcast talking about regret. But I'm going to leave that for today because, you know, this is a very... This is a very non-spiritual thing to get engrossed in. And I've been warned about this before. And I've warned myself about this before. But I do think, in the light of these big events, that I do find myself experiencing a mild amount of jealousy. Now, I don't feel necessarily... let me put it this way. I would feel inauthentic if I didn't admit that. That's the way I feel about it. And I think maybe for people who are ascending on the latter half of their life, they do a lot more reviewing about what they've done and where they've been and what's in front of them. And in light of our situation, I do think that the days of announcing large events, life-altering events, are coming to a close. And to a certain extent, as one who has moved a lot for jobs, and those are big events, I would say that this sometimes is a little depressing. And I have to admit that there is a little bit of jealousy involved. Now, I let that go, and I try to dissociate myself from it. But as an imperfect human who struggles constantly this is a difficult thing to do and i'm reminded oh you have this and this and this and this in your life and have ha- and have had these things in your life you should be grateful and i am grateful i try to exhibit gratitude on a variety of levels but I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that I am no gratitude expert by any stretch of the imagination, and I readily admit my faults in this area. Having said that though, I do have to admit to some guilt, and the guilt that I admit to is arranging or helping to arrange Donna's art show last fall. and. Not only was I excited about Donna having this show, but I was excited from the standpoint that I wanted other people to see her work because really. Nobody in my family sees her work unless she gives them something. No one's clamoring for anything. No one's showing up in an art gallery when she has an opening. Nobody's running up here to see something that she just finished. And to me, I thought, you know what? This is going to be a perfect opportunity for friends and family alike to witness her work. She's going to have a room all to herself at the Akron Women's Art League. And that room for a period of weeks will be designated as wall space for 15 or 16 of her pieces. And all these people now can come up and see this work. And so I selfishly sort of grasped this as a big event. Like I wanted this as a big event for her because I'm so proud of her as an artist and I think that she's really talented but I wanted other people to recognize it too like almost as if I wanted it more than she did. Don't get me wrong, she was very happy that all these people were here sort of you know fawning over her, but there really weren't that many people, not nearly as many people as I would have imagined. And for periods of time during that opening night, a lot of people never showed up. People who I thought were going to come there didn't come there. And granted, some family members did, and I was very appreciative of that, but I was disenchanted by the overall attendance. I'm just admitting that right off the top. And... I sat in the corner, I remember that December night, and I thought to myself, is it because we're near the holidays, there must be holiday parties going on, it's cold outside, it wasn't particularly snowy, but I I tried to line up sort of the excuses, and then I sat back in the corner thinking, who wanted this big event more, me or her? And I noticed another woman over in the corner, and she was looking intently at these pieces. And I watched her go from piece to piece. And she had a little plastic glass of Pinot Grigio in her hand. And she was munching on a few pretzels. And as it turns out, she was a woman who had attended a class here and there with Donna. And I saw them begin to talk. And I just sort of like meandered over to try to see if I could start cleaning some stuff up. And I caught wind of their conversation. And she was just mesmerized by her work, mesmerized, was ranting, talked to Donna about how she was relatively new to the area, and that she had come in from a Western state, and automatically I thought, okay, why Akron, Ohio? But you know, everybody's story is everybody's story. It doesn't really matter. But in the end, everything that I had hoped for became encapsulated in this one person's appreciation of her work. It's like this little event happening inside this larger event was really the key thing. And obviously it made the artiste happy, but it made me pleased as well slightly embarrassed and slightly guilty about my intention but i left that night driving away with her thinking to myself you know what if just that one person appreciated that then i'm grateful for that that is enough In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of an Alzheimer's diagnosis, I find myself looking for the small events over the large events. Now, I want the large events, but I'm learning to be comfortable with the smaller victories, the smaller wins, the smaller things that hopefully in the end will mean more. I try to arrange routine here at the home and my wife is not always a willing participant. So this, as I was telling someone the other day on the phone, makes me feel like I am an ogre and that I should be more relaxed in my approach. I mean, there's no playbook for this as I'm learning. Even when I talk to people from the Alzheimer's Association, there's no playbook for this. I mean, there's some general guidelines you should probably follow or maybe think about, but for the most part, zilch. So really, I'm going with the flow, trying to envision the best way to do stuff. And one of the best ways I figure to do stuff is to have a routine that's recognizable and a routine that just kind of works. And the routine for me in the morning is to start working a little bit. I try to squeeze in Zazen and then I go upstairs for breakfast. And so one of the things that I try to involve her in is just me not creating breakfast all the time. I try to give her, you know, that freedom and that autonomy go ahead and do that herself well in her state as I'm discovering these things are not always acted upon because if they're not acted upon right in the moment then the chances are good that they may not get acted upon but these little events these little events these small events they sometimes surprise me because today for instance it was cocoa wheat day and we love cocoa wheats and Donna's a great cocoa wheat maker but a lot of the times what happens is I set the box out and you know, events occur in, in an hour's time. And I'll come upstairs in anticipation of breakfast being ready on the day that I'm not making it. And, you know, there's nothing there. So I'm kind of scrambling because I'm kind of on a schedule sometimes in the morning. And today was that win where I did set out the cocoa wheats box and I came upstairs and there, the cocoa wheats were almost done. They look pristine. They look perfect. Donna puts these little raisins and like plumps them up beforehand and then puts them in the cocoa weeds. It's just so delicious, man. It's just so warming and breakfasty. And I just was like, yes. <laughs> I know it sounds absurd, but these are the little events that some of us wrap our arms around and I think in the end it's these little events that mean the difference like knowing that I'm waiting for this little adapter for my camera to come in the mail and all of a sudden I hear that knock on the door and I run upstairs and there it is by the door it's those little things that you just Yeah, maybe you count on them sometimes, and then again, maybe you don't count on them. These are the little things. These are the little things that make our worlds. Back when I was still riding a motorcycle, and when my buddy Brad was still riding prior to his accident, we had a particular Saturday... It happened maybe in the late summer, probably about this time, maybe a little earlier in the summer, but it was a day like those 16 days that we get throughout the year here in Northeast Ohio that are absolutely pristine, picture-perfect days. Sunshine, either no clouds in the sky or fluffy, attractive, non-threatening clouds that make you just stare at the formations, low humidity, just no haze, perfect day. And it was one of those days. And we had stopped at one of our favorite coffee places down in Jackson Township. And and we were sitting there and I was admiring the day. I was just admiring the fact that one, I didn't get in an accident. I was safe. We were sort of reminiscing about our ride and watching other bikes go by. It was just one of those days that was just perfect. But what I'll always remember about that day is this woman's shoes. I know it sounds dumb, doesn't it? It was this little event in a big event and I was getting ready to leave and there was a woman sitting in with her friend and just something about her shoes attracted me. They were just... They were classy. And I always remember this from a movie. Women really enjoy you telling them how nice their shoes are. So I do that to my wife occasionally, and I used to like to say, nice shoes. And she'll say, really? Sometimes even when she's not wearing shoes. But this particular woman had a pair of classy two-tone shoes on, and I was Getting ready to leave, and I just felt cool. You know, I had my leather jacket on. I had my sunglasses on. I just shaved my head that day. I just, I felt kind of like a badass in a way, you know, and it just felt like the day had been so good. And I just felt like I needed to say something about these shoes. And so I stopped right by her and her friend, and I looked at her shoes, and I said, Nice shoes. And she looked up at me with these sunglasses. I still don't know what her eyes look like. I think she had brown hair, as I remember. But she kind of looked up at me, and she paused, and she just flashed this big, toothy smile. And she goes, thank you. And I walked over to my bike, and... Brad and I said goodbye and I put on my helmet and I was kind of looking over in her direction and she was kind of listening to her friend, but she was still kind of looking at me. Like what stranger would say something about my shoes? And then I got on my bike and I was, you know, leaning it to the right to pull out of my parking space and I kind of looked over at her and I just kind of nodded. And then I drove off. I didn't look to see whether she nodded back, but it just felt like the right thing to do. And it was just the cap off to a perfect day. That little event in the midst of all of that big event stuff throughout that day made it perfect. And I was thinking back later on that evening about that ride, looking through my phone and a couple of photos that I had taken during our trip down in Amish country. And amongst all of those photos, the photo I wish I had were those shoes, because I think that was just a fun little event in the midst of a large event. And so I think about these large events and their importance, and I have to remind myself to look harder. I have to remind myself to enjoy cocoa wheats more than I ever have. I have to remind myself to enjoy the sunflower trip that we took last weekend to go look at sunflowers and, and honor Mally's legacy. And I have to remind myself to to bite into that, that little Debbie Swiss roll and enjoy it rather than just inhaling it between jobs because I have so much work to do tonight. It The little events that make our big lives meaningful and it's incumbent on me to be better. And I would urge you to be better too. Just imagine if we appreciated and enjoyed the small events just as much as we do the large ones. I also wanted to point out that I have another website. Yeah, it's a website That includes some of my photo work and some of my video work. It's a relatively new site. And on the business side of things, I'm just trying to expand into those areas. But I have to admit that to a certain extent, part of this is not really business related. It's more fun related. It's more creative related. It's called uh, mattphotovideo.com, www.mattphotovideo.com, all one word. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Until then, small events, my friends, on this, the 19th anniversary of 9 11. And I don't know what else there is to say about it, except to say that the rest of the day will hopefully be a little more solemn because of it, because we should never forget until then i wish you well i wish you safety and hopefully here's to seeing you again on another download of an episode of the gratitude journal podcast